AncestralActivation.com presents the Pawruti Podcast to your beloved brother, Ali Z. Green. Pawruti Podcast is brought to you by Noontar Ray Tech for all your latest organized devices. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Inbox or DM us for prices. Pod Rudy Podcast. To the Poverty Podcast, it's your beloved brother Ali Z Green. The title of today's episode is from the series Science of the Netaru. Today, We'll be dealing with the 16th natural Asaru, also known as Usir, falsely called Osiris. Peace and love. Listen to the Paul Rudy podcast. I'm your beloved brother. Ali Z Green. And we will have clarity in this great day and time called New Tare. And today we'll speak about Asaru. Asaru is the 16th Neturu of the 99 Neturu. He also is one of the nine Enads. One of the most celebrated and recognizable figures from the Comedian Pantheon of the people of the Nile Valley, also better known as the Happy River. The Nihilithic calendar that was created by the so-called Egyptian civilization is the same calendar that has been plagiarized and perverted and instituted in today's social construct that we function with. 
mostly everything that we do can be uh, allotted to ancient Kemet. And of course, uh, the evil invaders that invaded this land and attempted to castrate the images, the knowledge, and the people itself out of records. I'm not going to say history because history is his story. It became his story when he disconnected it from my story and made it his own. My story is the mystery. And today you'll get the mysteries of Osaru. Let's look at the spelling of Osaru. A-U-S-A-R-U. Osaru. And there's a very significant reason why Osaru Starts with the A and the U. The same thing with Oset. That's no coincidence. The A and the U on the periodic table is the symbol for gold. And we know that gold is highly prevalent in ancient Kemet. The people of the Happy River, also called the Nile Valley. And on the periodic table, AU or gold appears as number 79. 7 plus 9 will give you 16. The 16th natural of the 99 natural is a sorrow. And his attribute is the all seeing eye. Let's look at the significance of that number 79. And we can allot this number to the 79th Neturu, who is Ura. Or some people will say Uraeus, which is a serpent deity, one of the primordial deities uh ancient Kemet or Egypt. And it represents Wajet from the occult center of Wajet. And this goddess was the patroness of the Nile Valley and the protector of what is known as Lower Egypt. Similar to uh, what Christians who plagiarized Uraeus. Uh, and turn her into the lady of the lake. Nothing stays in the water but sea creatures, serpents, reptilians. And this is why you see scales on the bottom of the sarcophagus is to symbolize all of these things. Ura, who was the 79th deity, of the 99 natural. Her attribute is the ruler. Asaru, who was the 16th natural, is the all seeing eye. Now I'm going to connect all of this for you so you can see the science of the natural. 
through the number 16, and the Saru, who is connected to gold. Anywhere where you see an A and a U in the beginning of the name, it's telling you the connection to gold, which gold is a very malleable metal. It's a transitioning metal. It's the 27th one uh, in a chronological order of the transitioning metals. It's so malleable, you could just take a gram of gold and you could literally spread it out 300 feet and create a form with it. There's so much you could do with gold. In fact, when the ultraviolet rays of our sun touches gold, its reflection creates another form of energy called tachyon energy. This is no coincidence. Gold is one of the very few metals that is unaffected by oxygen. It won't deteriorate. It cannot be tarnished. And it has the ability to hold heat and cold at extreme temperatures and extreme rates. And gold is one of the most precious metals that's utilized by the ancient comedians. And the foreign invaders that viciously made their way onto this indigenous proce uh, property um, that was set up, these cult centers, when they forced their way there, they came for the gold. That's all they really wanted. Not knowing that these people had the ability to turn lead into gold through something that they refer to now as alchemy, or some may refer to it as magic or some form of chemistry. You can see the word chemistry in the word chem or alchem. This is where they get alchemy from. The black. When you look at the word Ura or the Uraeus, which represents the serpent that you find on the Namus, which is the headdress of the high priests, the adepts, and the ruler of the land. You always see a cobra right there on the third eye. That's Osaru, the all-seeing eye, the Uraeus. And this was borrowed from the Greeks. Because when you see the word Uranus, you can see the first three letters in Uranus, U-R-A. And that's the deity Ura, or Uraeus, as they would say. They always put the S on the end because of the serpent or the reptilian that is more prevalent and present in those that are uh, more desolate and less pigmented 
in the skin form. Being your Caucasian, uh, people, <laughs> if you want to call it that. But Caucasians have more reptilian present than most people on the planet, placing them closer, doing, being that they're a hybrid form of the hominid. And so a lot of people will, uh, Say, hey, white people can't go out in the sun. The sun hates you. It's not that the sun hates them. It's just the simple fact that more reptilian is present. And this is due to the lack of melanin molecules being constructed inside of their genome. It's been removed because it's a hybrid. It's not an origin or original. It was borrowed from the original and replicated. So you're going to have less protection or less of every form of uh, construction or formulation, right? of the homo sapien. So when you have less melanin in your body, that debunks you or it deflects you from being more human. And you'll start to show more beast-like features. Or you will start to show more reptilian-like features. So when you see people that can't go out in the sun, because this is not just inclusive to Caucasians, this is this due to the mixing of everybody. It's in every, it's in a lot of people. So if you go out in the sun and you're getting burnt, that's because more of your reptilian genetics is activated. And it, what do reptilians? What happened to them when they get out in the sun? They dry out. They start to scale up. What we call ash. We put lotion on us, but that's ash. That's scales, really. And no one deals with the reptilian nature of the human genome. We just skip over it and go right to the mammal, not looking at the reptilian processor called the cerebral cortex that we're using to function here. What transcends you out of that reptilian is the serpent. And this is all symbolic because the serpent that they're referring to is a cobra which is the highest on the predatorial evolutionary chart when it comes to serpents or snakes or this form of vertebrae. Because anything with a vertebrae can be connected and related back to the reptilian. But all of this was stolen out of your culture by foreign invaders meaning that this place was foreign to them the same way that someone will come from a South American country and reach the borders of New York in the middle of December that is foreign to them all that cold weather you know high winds snow they're not used to that. 
So it's going to have an effect on their lymphatic system. Just as it does everyone else. If you are a newbie in descent, move out of that cold weather. Because it's affecting your emotional state. It's uh, distorting the serotonin that's coming through your endocrine glands. Your endocrine glands. And you don't have enough melatonin activated to counteract that. You know you don't. Because if you did, you could be out there without nothing on your head. In the cold. But we're not on that level. <laughs> now here in the new world of North America. I know a lot of my Nubian melanated brothers and sisters. Um, from West Africa. Many of them have. You know, they'll be out there with barely nothing on. They just uh, concerned with covering up their ash or their scales because they're abundant in melanin and it's conducting enough heat to facilitate them but they don't like being in that cold weather they automatically see how it affects their emotions and all of my brothers and sisters that's from New York, Jersey, Philadelphia Boston uh, Detroit, Chicago, Indiana, Ohio, all up in that area. Y'all miserable right now. I don't care how happy you are. You would be even better if you was on the beach. Tell me I'm lying. You are people of a warm climate. You are people of the sun. And you weren't made to live in cold conditioning. This is what keeps us off off track and out of whack. Can't even put your feet in the in the soil uh, during the winter months, or even during the fall. In a lot of cases, and the Uray is the symbol of Wajet, who represents the serpent, borrowed by the Greeks, who turned her into Uranus. And Uranus is said to rule the universe, according to the Greeks. And in the Greek mythos, Uranus, who was the father of Kronos, had his genitals cut off by his son with a stone sickle. And he threw his father's genitals, which he severed, into the ocean. Kind of sounds like the story of Asaru, which predates the Greeks. By Elisa Equinox, which would consist of 24,000 years. So before the Greeks even thought to be <laughs> Greek, this was already written. And this is very Googleable. Here on the Parudi podcast, I'm going to speak on things that are highly Googleable, highly graspable for you to connect to. So you can see with a rational mind from the context of which I convey this message and you can put the dots together for yourself because I'm not here to impress you.
I'm here to inform you and make you aware of something that you were not. And this is how you gain the all CNI. Now, some of us know the story of Asaru and some of us do not. Asaru was chosen by his grandfather, Ra, to be the head of the deities of the Enad. And his brother, Satuk, who the Greeks call Set, for those that will research this, he was jealous of his brother because he was chosen over him and his sister, who was Nephitis. Asaru also had a consort sister who was Aset. And his original jealousy laid in him, Satuk, wanting to take Aset as a consort. Unbeknownst to Satuk, his counter consort, who was Nephitis or Nebethet, who was number 17. It's no coincidence that Asaru, or excuse me, Aset is number 15. Asaru is number 16. Nebethet is number 17. And Satuk, or Set, is number 18. That's no coincidence that they line up in this so-called chronological order. And this is all connected to Kronos, who deals with time, right? Who is the son of of the universe, right? Uranus. You can see the phonetics in Uranus and universe. You know, we done already dealt with Aura, the ruler, where all of this was derived from. So, these one of the red flags for Satuk was wanting to marry the consort of Asaru, who was Aset. He had an affinity for her. And his consort and sister, who was known as Nebethet, she knew of this. But Satuk had an impediment that he divulged upon Nebethet. And that was that he was impotent. And he had the inability uh, to procreate. So this was disseminated from Nebethet to her sister Aset, who took the sperm from Asaru to give to her sister so that she could be with child. These were chemists, and this was the first recorded act of artificial insemination or artificial in vitro fertilization and never that became pregnant because of all set taking the sperm from Asaru. This is how she knew to get his phallus after it was thrown in the water uh, 
from the story which we're going to go through. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. So Asaru was giving a sarcophagus to be measured by Satuk. And Satuk wanted to make sure that it fit his brother perfectly. And he coerced his brother to get into the sarcophagus. But why did he do that? He did that because he knew that Nephitus had become pregnant with child. And he was not the father, like Maury Povich says. You think it's a coincidence that they have a Maury Povich show? And he's talking about, you are not the father. And the woman runs around all crazy, you know, knowing that she's been whoring. And that there's a possibility that someone else is the father besides the man that she's saying is the father. All of this has matriculated from these events along the Nile Valley. And it's also matriculating into your Bible with Joseph and Mary. They borrowed all of this stuff. These are your stories. When you're looking in scripture, those are your stories uh, pervertedly remixed and reconfigurated to fit um, a lesser comprehension level of people that were not initiated into the higher mysteries. They weren't even initiated into any mysteries. And that's another tale in itself. We're going to keep it on the science of the natural root. And we're going to look at the jealousy of Satuk because he wanted to know how his wife was pregnant with child and he knew that he was Impotent. He didn't have the ability to procreate. And the only person that he could point to that would have the ability to copulate with his sister or his consort was Asaru. And he was half right. Because Aset didn't inform Asaru that she was taking his semen Right. And using it for uh, in virtual fertilization. Neither did Nepotus divulge this information to Satuk. So when she became pregnant, he became enraged and he conspired to take revenge out on his brother. And he exacted that revenge by building a sarcophagus and asking him to try it on for size. And when he got into the sarcophagus, he began to chop it up into 14 pieces. And the 14th piece being the phallus. And once this uh, body or his anatomy was chopped up and thrown into the water, immediately Uraeus or Ura, right, who was the lady of the Nile, also the patroness of the Nile and a delta and a protector of lower Egypt. She came out of the noon and recovered those pieces. And she was the one that made the crocodile, right? Who was Sobek, number 46. You got 46 chromosomes. All of these stories are symbolic analogies 
and metaphors and similes, which a lot of your so-called rappers use today uh, within their lyricism. Uh, those 14 pieces, the 14th piece, which was the phallus, was swallowed by the alligator. And the alligator was asked to give up that 14th piece because Osset, who dealt heavy in alchemy, biology, chemistry, and uh, science, she knew that she could artificially inseminate herself because she artificially inseminated her sister. However, Satuk still was not told about this child. And this is a story that's rarely talked about because the son of Asaru, his first son, is Anpu, also called Anubis, who is the deity of the dead. He is the embalmer. And he took on that position the moment um, his surrogate father or his original biological father was uh, murdered. Uh, by his uh, brother. And so you got Ampu, and then later, after the event of the 14 pieces being chopped up, you have Haru or Hiru. And let's look at the 14th deity since we're dealing with the 14, because we deal with rainology and the science of the Netaru is a mathematic construction being utilized through numbers, symbology, and the elements of this planet. And we know that the 14th element is sodium. Excuse me, it's silicone. I said sodium. Silicone. Silicone deals with most crystal dioxides on the planet. Things are able to crystallize because of silicone. We use silicone in our everyday lives. It's the biggest commodity and resource uh, used today here in the New World of North America and most countries that are technically advanced. They use silicone. We use so much silicone. Women pump silicone into their lips, uh, their breasts, into their buttocks. And in some cases, the thighs. This is a known fact. And this is a resonance that has been matriculated through the generations. And we only get fragments of this data as it becomes perverted, mistranslated, and uh, deduced to the likings, the emotional whims of the lesser evolved and those that were not initiated and or appropriately taught. These are things that they configurated themselves and was able to encapsulate into their particular language. I'm talking about the Greeks because these were the first people to plagiarize. And when I say plagiarize, I'm speaking in the term of you took something from somebody that belonged to somebody else and presented it to people that were not aware of this act and you pass it off as your own. 
that's the way <laughs> you could just go to the patent offices, which <laughs> they had to create these patents because they didn't particularly patent these things. They stole them and put their own name on it. And you look at the 14th deity who was Newt of the sky. She's the deity of the sky, just as Uranus is uh, so-called the deity of the sky, the ruler of the universe. And that is Newt or Nut uh, position. I think it's a coincidence that her name is Nut. And for colloquialism purposes, we'll say that nut is synonymous with semen. This is no coincidence. It's no coincidence at all. And what we have to do is become aware of these numerical coincidences or incidences because there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's just two incidents coinciding with one another, parallel to one another, that create a helix, meaning that they inter they are interwoven into one another so that they can make appropriate sense to the observer. But you will see this once the aura or the uraeus is open or the so-called third eye, better known as the first eye. 